Good morning, everyone watching live on BAM YouTube. Let me know in the comments where you are tuning in from. The hot sheet covers what you need to know about the real estate industry in a 24-hour time period. On today's hot sheet, I will discuss the May jobs report just released this morning. Investor home purchases. Plus, we'll deep diver into uh, deep. We'll dive deeper into which local markets are over and undervalued. So, start filling up the comments with your market preference of choice. Today is Friday. June the 2nd, 2023. I am Byron Lazine, and the hot sheet starts now. Yeah, if you were with us yesterday, you know we went over the undervalued, overvalued report from Moody's. And today we're going to go into... Uh, whatever market of choice that you want. So start filling up the comments and uh, let me know which market you'd like me to look at. We're going to do that at the end of the show. Uh, I've got 404 of the largest US housing markets here. So we can go through each and every single one. Uh, we'll cover that here at the end. Hit the thumbs up and, uh, and also consider hitting the link for BAMX down below. Just yesterday, June 1st, as we do the first of every month, we released a new BAMX course from our internal BAM team. Eric, the broke agent, uh, just released the perfect green screen course. So these courses that we release at the beginning of every month are for members only. Become a better agent. Everyone tells you what to do. BAMX actually shows you how to do it. You like the stuff that we do here on the hot sheet where we go deep, you're going to love BAMX. So the perfect green screen course just released yesterday. The ultimate Instagram course, Eric, already has up. Objection handling with Tom Tool. Uh, an intro to that, and as well as uh, scroll stopping captions. We go live every single month, and we have a private community. You get 15% off with your hot sheet link. So 15% for the code to get 15% off the annual subscription on BAMX. Okay, great news. Last night, the Senate passed the debt deal, basically the budget here for the next a uh, couple of years, Senate approved the uh, deal raising debt ceiling, averting the first ever U.S. default um, that suspends a $31.4 trillion debt ceiling. It was a 63 to 36 vote in the Senate. They needed 60 votes and they got that. So all of that is behind us. President Biden expects to sign today and address the nation at some point tonight. We also had our May jobs report release this morning. This is what, along with obviously now we're past the debt deal. This is what the Fed is going to be looking at and taking into consideration along with all inflation numbers. So we've got the uh, May jobs report, and here it is. We had 253,000 new jobs last month. Okay, so just keep that number in mind. What the expectations were for this month was 190,000, 195,000 jobs. Okay, that was the estimate. All right. We wanted to come in at estimate. Okay. So we wanted to come in at estimate for the jobs report, which would have been under last month. Okay. It doesn't mean that jobs are tanking. It means that the job market is still resilient, but it also means that we didn't blow out that number because the Fed, remember, it, it seems weird. You want for a good economy, you want good, strong job numbers, which is what we've had. But the Fed doesn't want them to run away because they believe that'll have a negative impact on their fight to get inflation down to 2%. All right. 
All right, so 253,000 last month. May's estimate was 195,000. That's what we wanted to come in at. And we came in at 339,000. Non-farm payrolls soar to 339,000, beating estimates of 195,000. Job market just doesn't care. It continues to roar, but we did have a higher than expected unemployment rate number. And this is where things get interesting. Okay, so you added all these jobs that could later get revised down. They do revisions, you know, a week or two later. So that could number could come down. It was way higher than expectations. Unemployment rate was also a lot higher than expectations. Interesting. Unemployment comes in at 3.7%. We were expected to see 3.5%. It's up from 3.4%. So we're up three tenths from the low. The last time we had a 3.7 on unemployment was October of 2022. Uh, we're up three tenths from the low. Now, when this typically happens, okay, when you get uh, an unemployment that shoots up that much, uh, three tenths in, in a short period of time like this, you typically will see it go up more, which if unemployment, this sounds crazy to say, but if unemployment continues to go up, then you will get a Fed that feels like, okay, the numbers in the future for inflation are going to be better and they may decide to back off. Right now, uh, after the debt deal, we have an unchanged poll from investors, from stock market investors, 30% chance that in June's meeting, they will hike and a 70% uh, chance that they will pause during June. 60% chance for July that they will hike. So the consensus out there right now is that the Fed is going to come out June 13th, June 14th, the FOMC meeting, decide to pause or skip a pause and then come back, uh, reassess, and then in July, potentially hike again. Okay. But it looks like a 70-30 chance that we do see a pause. This is what investors are baking into the market. All right. Going back to how much um, unemployment could go up. Just based off of the historic trends, uh, it could go up as much as one and a half percent. Let me give you that time frame there. Uh, but, but unemployment. Essentially, when you go up five per five uh, percent from the low this quickly, it typically uh, signals recession. Right? We've had like all these signaling recessions for. Ever, it seems like we've been talking about that all year. Every, everything is some type of signal to a recession. All right. Uh, history suggests anytime the unemployment rate is 0.3 percentage point off the low, which we just did uh, over the prior 12 months, just happened, then it tends to go on to spike 1.5 to 3 percentage points higher. So historically speaking, what just happened, uh, this high tick up in I mean, listen, unemployment is still near all-time low, but I'm just saying this drastic uptick that we just experienced tends to lead to a 1.5 to 3 percentage point higher uh, than what we are experiencing right now. Overall, the report is consistent uh, with a June pause that demonstrates that tighter policy rates are having some uh, delayed impact on unemployment. So we're getting some delayed impact on unemployment the trend suggests that unemployment is going to go higher. We'll probably see above a 4% unemployment rate. Uh, that leads into more recession talks and, and would also uh, be consistent with the Fed showing that, okay, job market isn't going to continue to push inflation higher. Just a couple other numbers on the job report. 
Average hourly earnings were up 0.3% in May. We have a 4.3% year-over-year mark on average hourly earnings. That's not consistent with lower inflation, by the way. Labor participation was up 62.6%. Um, got a couple charts in the in the daily download down below here for you. Uh, this shows you how, how much May did jump up in comparison to previous months on the uh, payroll on the payroll jump up, and then. The workers entering the labor market, more workers aged 25 to 54 entered the workforce in May. That's up above pre-pandemic levels, our highest uh, at any point between now and going all the way back uh, pre-2017. Unemployment uh, shot up the most under 25 and over 55. Okay, so we've got more of the 25 to 54-year-olds entering the market or re-entering since the covid time frame. Okay. Uh, with jobs going up apparently, but unemployment also going up, uh, investors probably take that into consideration as they're making their stock, uh, investments, by the way, the stock market after the, the open here, let's see, it was pre-market. It was open. I mean, it was up, it's up big. So that was up almost a, a full, uh, percent, 322 points, S and P's up. So everybody's Feeling good. Well, we're going to do an update on the 10-year, but everybody's feeling good after that Senate deal. So investors are feeling good about the stock market, but they are not necessarily feeling great about investing in real estate. Investor home purchases fell by almost 50% in quarter one. Okay. A new Redfin report shows almost 50% annual drop in the number of investor purchases in quarter one, outpacing 40.7% annual drop in overall home purchases. All right. So for everyone that says, oh my gosh, uh, I've got multiple offers happening and, and my first time home buyers, they, they can't enter the market because of all the investors buying homes. That wasn't the case in quarter one. We had a huge drop off in that number. The record annual drop is partly due to near record high for investor purchases reached in quarter one, 2022. High mortgage rates, declining rents and home price declines in many markets have caused investors to back away from the housing market. This is on nowbam.com. We'll also link that below in our source daily download. By the way, another reason to sign up for BAMX down below with your 15% hot sheet code is we had a comment in the private Facebook group about being, he's on the, uh, the commenter was um, saying, Hey, I get the daily download email every single day, but I don't have a great way to categorize month over month and category, category after category. We're going to do that in BAMX. So all the slides uh, pretty soon are going to transition over to BAMX as opposed to this daily download link. So another reason to use your 15% now, the 15% won't last. It's the lowest price you'll ever get for BAMX. So make sure you jump into that. All right. The uh, Redfin report shows investor home process uh, did drop the 50%, 48.6 technically. Steepest level on record with elevated interest rates uh, being the biggest cause for investors that are borrowing money to go out and buy these homes. Let's take a look at some of the data here. You can see after the huge spike, uh, in the last couple of years, biggest spike on record, we are now down to the lowest drop for year-over-year growth in investor purchases. Uh, you can see here the investor purchases are almost down as low as what we experienced the beginning of 2020 when COVID hit. Uh, again, all these charts will be available for you in this daily download. Despite the drop in investor home purchases, investor market share was still relatively high in the first quarter. Investor purchase, Investors purchased 17.6% of homes sold in the metros analyzed by Redfin, down from the 20.4% uh, peak raised 
uh, a year ago. So investors still making up almost one out of five home purchases, 17.6% to be exact. This is way above what we've experienced uh, in the, the last 20 years. You can see that the trend here on the chart just goes up year over year over year in how many investors are moving in uh, to home purchase categories. In 2000, the quarter, quarter one of 2000, we were at 7%. So today we sit a full 10% above that and we've peaked higher in between 2000 and now tells you something about the future of real estate. Uh, share of investor purchases. This one is interesting to me. 49% of the purchases made by investors are in the low price category. All right, so 40, 49% to be exact are low price. 24% of the purchases are mid price. Three out of four homes, apologize, I don't know what's happening there. Uh, three out of the four home purchases that are made by investors are in the middle or lower price point. So what are we saying there? Those are the affordable homes that first-time home buyers are likely competing for. That's the big problem, right? We, you already have enough demand with people that want to get in to uh, first-time you know, home, homes or starter homes, but those are also the homes that investors want to buy. 28% of the uh, investor purchases are in the high price category. Now, does that mean that they're multifamily and they're higher priced because they're more units? Uh, I, I don't know that they're, they're going out there and buying many luxury homes, right? Unless you consider that second home, uh, the investment home. Three out of four of the homes that they're purchasing are fighting with that investor. I mean, with that uh, initial entry class, two out of five homes bought by investors are actually considered starter homes. It's the highest level ever right now. Homes with 1,400 or fewer square feet as share of investor purchases, 41.1% of the share of their total purchases, not all starter homes. Okay, I want to be clear on that. Uh, and then here's an interesting report from John Burns. So this one's not from Redfin. Uh, for rental homes, Occupied rental units by structure type. You can see that single family homes is consistent with where it's always been at the bottom. Okay, so uh, occupied rental units by structure type, 33% are rental homes. 1970, 30 uh, single family homes. 1970, it was 36%. Okay, so you haven't seen single families run away. This has been very consistent from 1970 till today it has bounced between 30 and 36%. Okay, so you haven't seen a huge jump there. Uh, two to nine units, you've actually seen come down from the 70, 29% occupied rental units by structure type today. That's been consistent since 2015 at 29%. Uh, rental homes, 10 plus units, uh, that number is growing, 35% today. And so there you go, you haven't seen as much as there's been a, a talk in, in single family homes, you haven't seen that number increase. You also got to take into consideration that sing, only 3% of institution, only 3% of single family homes or less than 3% are owned by these big institutional. So when we look at that investor, it's also the small time investor that's just trying to make it in your community in real estate. It, it's, when you, it's not Wall Street when I say investors, it's the, it's the guy next door trying to own 10 doors you know, it, it's the family in your community that's trying to put together a little portfolio for, for generational wealth. Okay. So that, that makes up 
that investor class. As we think about investors and we think about investments into real estate, we should be thinking about which markets are undervalued and overvalued. Talked about this yesterday. You can re-listen to yesterday's hot sheet wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, Moody's analytic chief economist, uh, Mark Zandi, came out and has said that the U.S. out of the 404 major markets has uh, 387 markets that are overvalued, okay? Uh, firms like CoreLogic and Zillow, of course, have projected that home prices are going to go up. Moody's Analytics predicts a 8.6% peak to trough national decline, uh, including a 4.4% decline in 2023 alone. So they're a little bit more bearish than others on this on this number, obviously, and they're calling that 387 homes here in America are overvalued. Now, uh, they're saying Chicago is undervalued while Tampa is overvalued. Now, Tampa, we know people continue to move in there, so Tampa could stay, we talked about yesterday, for example, overvalued for, for years to come. I do have these charts on the national level uh, down below in the daily download. Again, they were in there yesterday as well. I put popped them in there again today uh, to show that we are at, um, you know, levels at or above, you know, 2006, five, seven range for being overvalued right now. Now we are down from our peak of at the end of last year, but still uh, Moody's is saying that we have many markets overvalued. Let's start filling up the comments. I said yesterday we'd go through, and I've got a list here from yesterday uh, that we're going to go through. So fill up the comments. We'll go through my list. I've got Nashville on here, OKC, Kaufman County, Texas, San Jose, Santa Cruz, Monterey, Phoenix, Arizona, Cleveland, Ohio, and, and start filling up the comments here on the live stream. Obviously, if you're listening to the replay, I won't be able to do that because this will be a live thing here, but fill up the live comments on which market you'd like to see uh, on this chart. All right, let's get to Nashville first because that's just the first on my list and we'll see how this chart changes. Uh, Got to know the alphabet to be able to get to it here. Let's go to Nashville. Nashville, here we go. And the chart has changed dramatically showing the most overvalued in the last 20 plus years for Nashville. Uh, they've got an extreme uptick to the right. I see Houston, so I'm marking Houston down. Bobby on the back end there, if you can uh, maybe help me out somehow. We'll, we'll go through them all. I see Vegas. All right, I'll ask you for more at the end, Bobby. I'll ask you, I'll ask you to flash them. So Nashville, there it is. Take a screenshot if you'd like, or if you'd like one of these charts for me to just chop it out for you between now and Sunday night. If you email me, byron at nowbam.com, I can chop you out a chart. I will not do it forever and always if people are like watching to the replay for this. But between now and Sunday night, if you send me an email, I'll get that off to you. Okay, let's go take a look at OKC. Uh, OKC, Oklahoma City. There it is. Oklahoma City, very similar to Nashville. Uh, extremely high on the overvalued consideration by Moody's. And that to me is surprising because we know that we've got Jody in the chat. Oftentimes Jody says that uh, there's new construction under 300,000 in OKC. So this has a lot to do with um, maybe the income 
that is being driven in OKC. But to me, when I hear prices of new construction under $300,000, uh, I, I find that to be an opportunity. Moody suggests that OKC is overvalued. All right, let's see if I can get to Kaufman County, Texas. If I believe that's Dawn. Dawn, if you're in here, if there is a particular town or if Kaufman County is going to come up, I don't see Kaufman County on the list. So I don't know if there's another uh, way for me to look at that. And I'll, I'll move on here. Let's go to San Jose. San Jose was on the list from yesterday. Let's take a look here for San Jose. It's interesting that Chicago, uh, of course, is on the list with the migration out for being undervalued. San Jose is undervalued. So San Jose being one of the markets right now that is showing undervalued. If I move the chart up a little bit, you can see here that they are almost equal to their uh, same level of being undervalued as 2022 in San Jose. And San Jose really never spiked to being overvalued. So San Jose, uh, Santa Clara, Sunnyvale, California areas are considered undervalued right now uh, by as much as over 20%. Okay. So opportunity in San Jose. We also had Santa Cruz on the list. Let's go to Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz, oh, that's complete opposite of what's going on in San Jose. It's overvalued. And in fact, Santa Cruz has been overvalued since 2013, coming out of the great financial crisis. They haven't been undervalued at any point since we came out of the great financial crisis. Let's take a look and see if Monterey made the list as one of the 404 major markets, according to Moody's. Okay. Monterey, not looking like on the list. So that was a suggestion from yesterday. If there's another way to look up Monterey, I'd be happy to do that. Phoenix, Arizona. Let's take a look at Phoenix. Uh, again, you got to know the alphabet, Byron, to know which direction to go. Phoenix. Uh, overvalued. They've been overvalued according to Moody since 2015. You can see it's come off the last couple of quarters where it peaked up at about 50% uh, right now sitting above 30% uh, according to Moody's on Phoenix, Arizona, Cleveland. Let's go to the land as the cool kids say, Cleveland, Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio. Here we go. Cleveland, Ohio is overvalued, but not by much, 5%. I mean, look at Cleveland from 2008 to 2020 sat in the undervalued category. So folks that were buying in those 12 years uh, probably experienced some great gains here in the last few years. And now Cleveland is sitting at 5% overvalued. They did spike at just over 10% about a year ago in the overvalued category. Again, according, according this is all according to Moody's analytics. Let's go to Houston. Houston, way overvalued according to Moody's over 30%. That's off of a peak of up over 40% just two quarters ago. Uh, we also have Las Vegas in here. Let's go take a look at Vegas, baby Vegas, Las Vegas overvalued, but well off of its peak of near 50 plus percent now sitting at 35% in the current quarter. Bobby, if you've got some more uh, markets. I do see Atlanta on there. So I'll go to Atlanta now. 
Pleasanton, California. I'll see if that's on the list. If there's another way to look up Pleasanton, uh, I don't even know if I'm saying that right. So apologies there if I'm not. Be happy to look that up. Let's go take a look at Atlanta real quick. Atlanta. Oh, sorry. Sorry about that. There you go. Atlanta is overvalued by almost 40%. They peaked up over 40% three quarters ago, sitting over 35% today. Let me see if that Pleasanton is on the list in California. IA. How many California folks do we have here on the live stream? Pleasanton. This is early for California. My apologies for everybody on the West Coast uh, with the 6.30 a.m. start time. I would assume more West Coasters are on the replay, but I do see some West Coasters on here. I love, I love the early birds. You guys know I am all about the early birds. I don't see Pleasanton, so there's another way to look that up. Uh, Almeida, Almeida County. All right, let me take a look at that, and then I'm going to go to Boise from there, Almeida County. I have Anaheim in here. I uh, don't see. I don't see Almeida. My apologies. Uh, if there's a major city closest to that, I could I could probably pull that. Let me look at Boise. I'm certain that Boise's on. Well, uh, was it Boise? No, it wasn't Boise. What, what did I see there? Uh, okay. All right, so it wasn't. Uh, let's go to that one. I know I butchered that name last time I said it. So here we go. Um, Des Moines? I don't know. Uh, uh, who the heck knows? Uh, but <laughs> uh, I apologize. You are overvalued uh, in Des Moines, Idaho. All right. Um Bobby, what else do we have here? Or in Iowa, I'm sorry, uh, Idaho. Uh, here, here you go. I, I need to know my states there. Iowa uh, is looking overvalued there in Des Moines from 2016, uh, certainly spiking up over 15% today, almost near 25% three or four quarters ago, so from down there. We're going to go to Milwaukee next. John Cooks wants to see Milwaukee. One that I can absolutely pronounce. Let's go to Brew City here, Milwaukee. We are overvalued up near 20%, according to Moody's. We were undervalued from uh, coming out of the great financial crisis right up until almost 2020. It's kind of a uh, similar trend to Cleveland, not as big of a overvalued spike during the great financial crisis for Cleveland, but Milwaukee up near 20% over valued uh any final ones here i could run through let's see oh, i see austin with jeremy on there jeremy we probably know what moody is going to say about austin uh in fact i i know what moody says i think they had them over 80 percent at one time a couple quarters ago and now they've come down to i think just below 40 percent but let's take a look at austin by the way i'll be in austin in September, Jeremy Knight is hosting an event. I'm happy to go out there and support that. I'll be speaking at the event. I don't know if Jeremy's ready to start promoting it, but uh, if you are, Jeremy, go ahead and drop that in the comments section. Where the heck is Austin? Austin. Why can't we? There it is, Austin. All right, so Austin, you can see, uh, was above a 60% 
just a year ago. And now is down to 35, I think it's 35, 36, 37%. They actually highlighted Austin in here. Um, Boise was 71.3% in quarter two, is now down to 54.2%. Uh, Austin, mm, uh, they did see home prices fall 10%. So see, home prices, like, like we know, right? In Austin, home prices fell 10% at one point. Jeremy might be able to update where they are right now. So just because Moody says they're overvalued by six over 60%, you know, in quarter two of last year, doesn't mean you're going to see prices drop, right? Just like when they're talking about at the headline here, Chicago is undervalued and Tampa Bay is overvalued. Well, people keep voting with their feet and going into Tampa, going into Austin, going into these locations. And so if more people keep moving, migrating into those towns, just because Moody's analytics says, well, it's overvalued by 40%, prices can continue to go up or not drop as much as what they're saying that they're overvalued. Austin being overvalued at over 60%, according to Moody's, they only dropped 10% on their price because there's still demand to be in that location. They don't have outbound migration flow. So interesting to see uh, how Moody's looks at it and Interesting to compare that to what's actually going on in the numbers. Uh, Jeremy says, we're seeing more homes under the median price than we did last year, 64% to 50%. Uh, so there you go, update on Austin. Any final towns here that I have missed? Uh, Cincy, it looks like I see Cincy, Bobby. Flash any other ones that I that I've yet to... Uh, yet to hit, and then we're going to wrap up here. Cincinnati is uh, up over 10% overvalued off of its peak. Uh, again, Cincinnati, uh, similar trend to Cleveland as well with the being undervalued from coming out of the great financial crisis all the way until 2020. All right, any final ones? If you would like me to chop out and and – Carve out, I'll, I'll go to Plano, carve out a chart for you in a specific location. There's 404 major markets. So if we have the, the major market, I'm sorry, that's up back on Phoenix. It's not Plano. Uh, I can do that. Email me, Byron at nowbam.com. You know what? I'll do that if you email me and say that you're a BAMX member. Okay. I will do that if you email me and say, hey, I'm a BAMX member. I don't see Plano on here. Uh, is there another way to look that up? Be happy to do that. But I will send you the chart for your location if you email me between now and Sunday night, byron at nowbam.com and say, hey, I'm a BAMX member. I'd love the chart for this location. I will personally email you that one today in the daily download. Uh, we do have all of the uh, US charts. I'll do Clearwater here, St. Pete last. Let's see if they've got Clearwater St. Pete might be tied to Tampa. Uh, I bet you it is. I'm going to go to Tampa. But email me, Byron at nowbam.com. Tell me that you're a member of BAMX. You get 15% off the annual if you use the discount hot sheet. It's less than a cup of coffee a month. It's, a, it's the most ridiculous deal. All right, so Tampa, St. Pete, Clearwater. Again, they've got them at overvalued by over 35%. Uh, listen, I would... I just know what's going on in Tampa. People are moving in. I, I would say that there's still opportunity in Tampa. Uh, and we haven't seen prices certainly drop in Tampa anywhere close to that. We have seen some more inventory come on recently. 
which could impact prices or at least stabilize uh, the rise in prices. And Tampa, they've considered overvalued from 2017 to today, but everybody that bought in 2017, 18, 19, 20 is probably liking their prices today in Tampa. All right, there you go. Hope everybody had a great week and uh, is going to dive into the weekend strong. We'll be back Monday, 9.30 a.m. Eastern, as we always are. Myself and Tom Tool are putting up a new Knowledge Brokers podcast today, premiering over at Knowledge Brokers uh, podcast YouTube channel at 2 p.m. So if you need some weekend listening, make sure that you join us there. We'll be going deep on uh, all the things that happened this week. And I'll see you guys back here Monday, 9.30 a.m. Eastern, 6.30 Pacific time. Until then, have a great weekend and toodaloo.